0: Well, and if you want to be more involved in the show, please make sure to follow our account on Instagram at therapists out
1: of office. We will regularly ask questions that we will answer and dive into in our sessions on screen. We want to make this collaborative between us and you. Thank you for being, being here, here and enjoy, and enjoy the, the show. show. Welcome to Therapists Out of Office. I'm Lior Gal. I'm Maggie Lancioni, And we're both licensed therapists in private practice. Each episode, we will discuss mental health topics that are both mainstream and taboo from both the lens of a therapist and a human being. We show up with humor, authenticity, and vulnerability as we get into the educational nitty gritty. So come on in, make yourself cozy, and welcome to your session outside of the office. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. (laughs) We made it. Welcome guys. Therapist out of office.
0: Yay. This is the communication skills 101 episode.
1: We are so excited. I think this session is going to be a little bit different where we're focusing more on answering your questions that we um, have you guys submit on our social media so that we can really get down to answering what your needs are what your questions are.
0: You know, the song from Mulan, let's get down to, down business. to business. Yeah, I feel like that's where I want to. That's where my brain goes when you say, like, we're getting down to business. I love talking that. all about communication, communication skills. All right, cool. So, basically, where do we want to start, Leo or with this? Where do you think? What are you thinking in terms of? how to bring the questions in
1: yeah i'm I'm thinking actually before we bring them in maybe we can talk a little bit about some specific skills in order to have healthy good helpful communication um, when you're
0: talking to someone yeah awesome let's do that and let's talk about why we even need communication skills in the first place maybe right? Like why are they so hard for a lot of us? I think, I think communication is really hard because number one, we're not necessarily like taught how to do that, how to like effectively communicate. Number two, I think a lot of it also has to do with, um, I don't even know, I guess like your experience as a human being in the world. Like, I think there's a large difference between how men and women communicate. If you kind of want to look at that. And I remember like I think it was undergrad or grad. I can't remember if it was undergrad or grad school. They were talking about like how women send an email versus how men send an email Mm. asking for a day off where um, unfortunately, you know, women are kind of always- or like taught to be over explanatory, like explain why you can't be where you can't, you know, you can't be at work or, you know, an email might look like, Hey, I'm so sorry. I need off on Friday. Uh, It's the only day I could get a doctor's appointment for my child. And he's been so sick. And I've really tried to figure out another day to do it. But Friday was the only day I could do it. And I'm so sorry. I'll make up the time X, Y, Z. Right. Whereas like a men's email might be like, Hey, I need off Friday. I'll return Monday. Thank you. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That would be like the
1: difference in communication. No, that that is literally so true. That just happened to me as mm-hmm. I was emailing my accountant. I sent like huh. a whole novel. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we do. Right?
0: And I think like, I think it's, you know, I think it just kind of boils down to something that I feel like I'm always like bringing up in our sessions here on the pod is like, just like the stark differences between like how men and women are treated in the world and how women are kind of told to take up less space, you know, not to take up space and Mm -hmm. to over-apologize and over-explain, like we're lucky to even have a job, right? We should just be grateful to have the job, right? Let alone ask for a raise or ask for time off or ask for someone to meet our needs. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't that long ago where it was like, you know, women are seen and not heard kind of thing that women couldn't vote, you know, our voices didn't necessarily matter. Um, So I think, you know, obviously that's like more of the societal lens, but there's also even just like the family lens of like, how was communication, you know, expressed in your family, right? Like amongst your family members, between your caregivers or parents or siblings or what have you. And so we learn from a lot of different avenues in a lot of different ways. And so I think communication is hard because everybody does it differently i think we mm-hmm. all learn in different ways and
1: we're all we all communicate in different ways exactly right the expectations are are it's it, they seem to be different for everyone whether it's like your sex gender you know cultural background all of those things they all matter and also and and something that you're you're sort of mentioning with with that is we're going to communicate differently with different people in our lives. Right. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. the way that I talk to you is going to look different than the way I talk to my husband, to my parents, to a professor, to a coworker, to an employee. Right. It's Mm -hmm. all going to look differently. And so even as like therapists, right. Like we're going to talk differently to our clients and we, well, to, you know, someone that's pissing us off on the street. Right. Like, (laughs) so I, I think obviously with communication, we, we take it with a grain of salt and also utilize these tools with the people that it makes sense to utilize it with, right? Mm-hmm. If, like I said, it's someone on the street and it doesn't matter and you won't see them anymore, that that might look different than your best friend.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And I also think factored into that is also like history of past relationships, right? Like if you think about right. communication skills with your partner, um, a lot of times like you bring in what you've learned through past partners or past relationships right. and, and learning new styles and new ways to communicate with new people, like new partners or new significant others. Um, cause I, a lot of times you can see that, right. Even if you work with couples, it's like, they're mm-hmm. trying to communicate. Neither one is listening, maybe either listening or comprehending or understanding, or they're saying the same thing, and yet they don't recognize that they're saying the same thing or whatever the case. So it's hard. It's hard when, you know, like you said, Lior, there's so many facets of communication and so many people that we communicate with in so many different ways. So yeah, I just think that is it is inherently hard to do.
1: Yeah. One of my favorite quotes to that is, um, we need to listen to understand and not to respond because yeah. a lot of us, that's what we yeah. do, right? And and one of my techniques that I like to use with couples is I, I kind of say, um, you know, you can only say, enough words for one sentence or two mm-hmm. sentences at max before you allow your partner to respond or, or to reflect back on what they heard you say. Because mm-hmm. all, after a certain amount of time, I think it's like 20 seconds. I, I forget the exact number. um We we can't pay attention anymore. And we're just formulating a response in our mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. And so it's so important to have dialogue and communication with partners and, and, and friends and with anybody and give each person a chance to talk? Because I mean, I don't know about you. If someone was giving you a whole monologue, would you know how to respond? Sure. Yeah. All their points. It's I was going to say, it's almost like you have to take notes. Like you you have to take notes while they're talking. And I also think another
0: thing on top of that is how long have you been talking about the same thing? Right? So like if you're engaging in an argument and you're going on hour three of arguing, Right. Like how much are you really able to like comprehend, retain, Um, you know, how are you able to have like a linear, cohesive thought at the end of that? Cause you could be fatigued, exhausted. Then you kind of tap into like saying things that you don't necessarily mean or whatever the case. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, we all communicate every day to a bunch of different people. So it sounds like, like you would think about it and be like, why is this so hard? We do this every day all the time. And I think it is because we are all so different and we internalize and interpret and express things in different ways. Um, And then you even get to the point of the communication barriers where it's like, you know, like you think that you, you think you're understanding, but you're really not, or you're interpreting things in a way that wasn't the intended way to be interpreted
1: because if you're Past experiences or whatever, so yeah, it can be really hard. It can be really sticky. Yeah, I I completely agree with that, and I think too, um w- what we say here today, it's not going to be able to fit every single person, right? Mm-hmm. There's different di- people with different diagnoses or neurodivergence, and and people's social anxiety and things like yeah. that, where it's going to look differently for everyone. And so right. even even with communication, I think it's in a way like yeah, part of it is objective, but part of it is subjective, like mm-hmm. for. And like I mentioned before, cultural, culturally speaking, maybe being interrupted in one culture is like extremely disrespectful, but in another, it's like, well, we got to talk on top of each other if we yeah. want to get a word out. And so I'm really it,
0: glad it, you it, bring that up. I'm really glad you yeah. bring that up because culture really does play a huge part in, of the, in that as well.
1: Oh, 100%. I know, and I'm Israeli, so I know my, my culture, like you, mm-hmm. you have to speak up or you're not going to speak. So sure. <laughs> So it's going to look different. I know like Italians are very similar Mm -hmm. to that. And and there's a lot of European. The point is, (laughs) is that, yes, absolutely. I think that it's, it's a little bit more personal. And if, if something that we say doesn't stick, it doesn't stick, Mm -hmm. it doesn't land. And that's okay, because everybody's going to be different.
0: Yeah. And also building off of that, like just taking what works, what you think would work for you and leaving the rest kind of thing. Uh, When we go through and answer your questions, they're going to be relatively general responses because um, we're also not your therapist, right? And I mean, if we are, and you're listening to our podcast, then we will do this (laughs) work individually. We We will do this work individually when we are in our sessions, but we don't, we, we, we keep these anonymous. We don't even really look at who is submitting these. We just write down the questions, you know, anonymously. And um, yeah. So just also keeping that um, in the back of your mind as well. Like we don't, we don't know your whole like biology, psychology, sociology, any of that. So we'll just be giving like, pretty general, um, feedback on these as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Great disclaimer. So I I think what we want to get into and, you know, our shtick (laughs) is all about not being super, super, um, uh, jargony and, and clinical here. Um, but, before this, Maggie and I did talk about two specific strategies or techniques utilizing a DBT skill, dialectical behavioral therapy that we mm-hmm. wanted to just touch on. Um, and I was hoping Maggie, you can kind of get us started with that, um, and explain it a little bit. Yeah. More, since you kn- you know more about it than I do. Yeah,
0: definitely. I
1: mean, so, um, DBT
0: dialectical behavioral therapy, I- it has a, um, core components in it. And we're not, again, we're not going to get like too far into that, but a large part of the component is, that like interpersonal communication, that interpersonal effectiveness, which is really just interpersonal means communication between two or more people between each other. Um, so really, I think one of the big skills that you might hear, like utilize within that modality is the acronym dear man, like utilizing the acronym dear man, that's D E A R M A N. And basically what that is, is I guess I'll do like the first couple letters and then you can go into the next couple letters. Um, So the D is describe. That's the very first base level thing that you want to do when you're communicating. Describe the current situation, what's going on, sticking to the facts and telling the person exactly what you're reacting to. And the E is to express. You want to express your feelings and your opinions about the situation and not assume that the other person knows how you feel. And I think that that's hard, right? Because especially if we're really close to someone or we have like a longstanding relationship with someone, it's like, you should know, you should know how I feel. You should know that this is going to piss me off or upset me or whatever the case is. And I always say when I, at least when I work with couples, like, no matter how well you know each other, we still have to be explicit and direct with how we're feeling and what we're thinking. We cannot expect our partners to be mind readers, even if they know us really well. It's always good to express your thoughts, feelings, and opinions. Yeah. Because we, again, we just can't expect them to to
1: always know. And especially if it's someone that you are you feel safe with, that, that's going to be important there. If it's somebody that you don't feel safe with, this might be really hard. But if it right. is with a friend, a partner, you know, etc., cetera, that, that we, you know, we want to lean on that safety.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Then the A is to assert. So assert yourself by asking for what you want or saying no clearly. Do not assume that others will figure out what you want. Again, like trying not to assume that the person is a mind reader, um, remembering that others can't read your mind and assertive is also saying no. Right. And, and not, not necessarily having to over explain that just saying like, no, that's not going to work for me. Right. Something like that. And assertive is also asking for what you actually want, yeah. uh, not leaving it up to your partner to try to figure that out or whoever you're talking to, to try to figure that yeah. out. And you want to reinforce that. So reward the person ahead of time, so to speak, by explaining positive effects of getting what you want or need. If necessary, also clarifying the negative consequences of not getting what you want or need. So you kind of want to reinforce that. Almost like, you know, if somebody is like, yeah, sure, I can definitely do that for you. You say something like, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I really got you next time, right? Next favor is on me or whatever the case may be.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, that's the first so couple letters, right? I did deer. Yeah, there you, you go. You did deer. Good job. <laughs> um, so I'm the man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, <laughs> you are. Which is <laughs> so M stands for mindful, which is keeping your focus on your goals, maintaining your position. Don't be distracted. Don't get off topic. Speak like a broken record. Keep asking for what you want or say no and express your opinion over and over and over again. Just keep replaying the same thing again and again. Ignore the attacks. It's going to be really hard because if if the other person attacks or threatens or tries to change the subject, which does happen and we all do it, um, ignore that. Move forward and and try not to respond to those attacks, ignore the distractions, and keep trying to make your point. Now, again, if this is with somebody that you feel unsafe with, we we don't need to do that, right? We don't need to be attacked by somebody. It's It's going to be very different with who we talk to, but keeping that mindfulness of what am I really here for, right? Mm. Maintaining my position is going to be really important. And then the A students for appear confident, effective, and competent. So use a confident voice or tone and physical manner. Make good eye contact, which I think is really good for work if you're in the workforce. Mm -hmm. Um, And no stammering, whispering, staring at the floor, uh, retreating. So I, I think basically all this means is know know what you came there for believe in your values believe in in what you're standing up for um whether that's and I just mentioned the example of work if you if you need, want a raise and you deserve a raise you deserve a raise there's wiggle room there's always wiggle room mm-hmm. and so being intentional with that is going to be really helpful. And then the last, the N, is negotiate, be willing to give to get. So mm. offer and ask for other solutions to the problem. Reduce your request. Say no, but offer to do something else or to solve the problem another way. Focus on what will work. So that that basically means that you ask for a raise and they're like, you know what? No, we just don't have it in the budget. Okay, no problem. Fine. How can we work with me then? Can I have less work then? Can mm-hmm. I, can my workday look a little bit different? Can we allocate tasks to other people as well? I feel like I'm doing most of the work. And mm-hmm. so maybe more PTO. Flexible, right? More PTO, right? Having that flexibility, even if it's, it just goes completely a different direction. Yeah. And
0: again, like th- that's the entirety of the, D- the dear man acronym, but also recognizing mm-hmm. taking these with a grain of salt, because for some people it's really hard to do this. Right. And even like thinking about maintaining eye contact, well, we know yeah. some people who struggle, you know, with communication or maybe neurodivergence or whatever the case may be, that's really hard to right. do. Body language is, is tricky. Right. Um. Very so just remembering, you know, taking what you think would be helpful and kind of leaving the rest. And also just to say like, um, I, I, all these skills that um, we're reading are from dbt.tools.com, I believe, or .net. I can't, I don't remember. It's right on like a dbt skills website. Um, so you can always like, these are really easy to access online, you know, right. if you wanted to to look them up yourself. Um, so yeah, that's the Dear Man acronym to help to develop effective interpersonal communication. Yeah. And then we have like a few more just like little kind of tips and tools that we can give before kind of jumping into the mm-hmm. questions. Um, so I think within, um, DBT, there's a, a so there's a ton of acronyms, They're <laughs> very, very acronym heavy. Um, but I think uh, a good one to look at too, in terms of like maintaining healthy relationships is the acronym give. Um, so basically what this is, is like being gentle, acting, interested, validating the other person and using an easy manner um so just trying to be nice and respectful trying to like avoid um like uh, attacks and t- like obviously physical but uh very much verbal as well like threatening or manipula- manipulative language um trying to obviously avoid harassment or any kind of um Um, coercion, like for instance, if you're in an unhealthy relationship, perhaps you might have heard in your, or you, if you have been in an unhealthy relationship, you might've heard in the past, like, you know, if you leave me, I will, you know, I'll, I'll drive off a bridge or whatever the case might be. Mm -hmm. Um, so that kind of communication is, is manipulative, right. For a lot of people and doesn't necessarily, uh, land well, right. It's scary. And then it makes you kind of feel like, oh my God. I can't stick to this boundary. I have to let this boundary down because I don't want this person to, God forbid, hurt themselves. Um, so yeah, trying to be nice and respectful, trying to stay away from all of those kinds of extreme forms of communication. And also just a side note, if you notice that you're getting really amped up and getting really like mm-hmm. hot or heated in in an argument, uh, notice that recognize that you're probably not going to get your needs met or get what you want to get across in an effective way when you're in that state of mind or when you're recognizing that within your body. Um, so probably best to say, I need a breather and take a step away. So that's just like a little side note. Um, and like, you know, trying to act interested in what the other person is saying again, like what you were saying, Lee, or, You're having a conversation. You want to be able to go back and forth. It's not just you spewing onto another person. You also have to be open and willing to hear what it is that they are saying
1: and not trying not to interrupt or talking over that person right absolutely and and to continue that is to to validate so show that you understand the other person's feelings and thoughts about the situation mm. see the world from the other person's point of view and and then say or act you know on what you see and you could say something like i realize this is hard for you and i i see that you're busy um go to the private place when the person is uncomfortable talking in public and mm. and it's it's all about even if it's not something that you go through yourself, it's, it's having that, like, just that validation of like, Hey, you're not alone in this. Or even, even if I don't go through this, I understand that this can happen and being mm-hmm. there and, you know, also use an easy manner. So use a little humor, a smile, ease the person along, be lighthearted, sweet talk, use a soft sell um, over a hard sell, uh, mm-hmm. leave attitude at the door i i think i i actually this is really funny that we're saying this because my go-to and i actually got in trouble for this before when i was a server before i started grad school I, if i got uncomfortable i would smile mm. and people were like why are you smiling and i'm like i don't want to escalate or like i feel really uncomfortable mm-hmm. um and so i would say a you know, time and place of course and also sure. like we react in certain ways as well where- Oh my we're not gosh, yeah. Thinking. It's it's actually like kind of common that
0: people like laugh inappropriately, quote unquote, when something happens, like, you know, really terrible news is shared or a death or whatever the case may be, you know, and it's not an intentional laughter of this is fun. I find it funny. It's a, I'm so uncomfortable. This is like an, an a, a involuntary reaction, right? Coming right. from my body. So I think it's important. It is important to recognize that. And I'm glad that you brought that up as something that I think a lot of us struggle with.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just something to always keep in mind. Again, like I know we keep having these disclaimers, but it's just like so important to like really like nail, like hammer this down is that we can try our best and we can Mm -hmm. do all the right things. But in the moment, if we're feeling triggered or we're feeling confused we're not going to do the most perfect thing ever and that's no. that's just okay because it's never going. nothing right. in life will ever be perfect neither
0: 100 and like even with like our background and our education what we do for a living i don't know leor do you argue with your husband
1: Absolutely not. What do you mean? <laughs> we're,
0: we're perfect in every effect.
1: We are we literally <laughs> everything yeah. I want he wants to. Oh uh, my no. gosh. Oh my yeah, gosh. No. No. Every day. Yeah. Every day. I mean, like little things, you know. Sure. We, we, there's
0: always something we, we to misunderstand pick at. each other, we miscommunicate, we get frustrated with each other, we disagree, right? And I think the a large part of this communication is recognizing that you're going to fight. It's just learning about how to fight fair right? Like that's what it is. Like you're going to fight. You're going to argue. There are going to be things that you disagree upon. I always say you're taking people, even if it's a significant other or not, even just a friend, a family member, a coworker, whatever the case, you're talking with someone who's ha- who has not walked in your shoes and you have not walked in theirs. You have not lived each other's lives. You have two vastly different backgrounds, two vastly different life experiences, and you're coming together and you're trying to have like a seamless conversation. And we're also framing this from the lens of like, if, if you're having hard conversations, right. And that's mostly when communication gets tricky and difficult for us. Like we can talk around and like shoot the shit about, uh, I don't know, a TV show. We like way easier than we can say like, Oh my God, you my really feelings. upset me. Yeah. Like, how do I yeah. talk about that? Um, so I think just like a few more little key pointers is just When you're having these kinds of maybe tricky or hard conversations for you to remember to, you know, be fair, be fair to yourself, try to be fair to the other person, recognize that you're both just trying to get your needs met. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think a large, a a really important thing is trying not to over, over apologize. And again, a lot of these, these principles are all from DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, like that modality. It's um, like saying think,
1: thank you instead of I'm sorry. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: thank you yes. for understanding. Not I'm sorry yes. for yeah.
0: I'm sorry for running late. Mm-hmm. You just say thank you so right. much for waiting, right? Like that kind yeah. of switch in in language trying not to over apologize, which I think a lot of us can can struggle with. Oh yeah. We feel oh, like yeah. we're not worthy of the wait or worthy of the um of of stating our needs. Like I'm sorry to bring this up, but right that kind of but it's like no, you were mm-hmm. allowed to bring up the things that upset you because that's part of your morals and values. Right. And that's a really important thing is to stick to your values. Um, and you know, I think this should hopefully go without saying, however, it happens, uh, trying not to lie when you're having these kinds of conversations and trying to be truthful. Um, I also think that it's hard, right? Because for some people, it feels like in order to really validate ourselves, we have to maybe exaggerate or like Mm -hmm. make up excuses or whatever the case might be, but
1: just, doing your best to stick to the facts and try to remain truthful. So you know what I'm, I'm, I'm smiling um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right now. And the reason is, and Meg, you, you tell me if you've ever been here and you listeners out there also Mm -hmm. think about this. Um, But have you ever been like really mad at someone? Let's say like a friend, you, you, you were just so mad at them. You're like, well, I'm going to like, and you like schedule a talk, like, like, you know, like you're like, like, let's talk through this. And like beforehand, you're like, I'm going to say this, this, and this, and this is what we're going to talk about. And you're like, so ready. And you're fumed And then you're face to face with your friend and you're just like, all defenses go down and it's just, and you're both just like maybe crying together or sure. just like, you're like, okay, wait, maybe it wasn't that bad. Or like, you're talking it through and you're like, oh, okay. They're apologizing. or mm-hmm. like, it's actually not that bad. Has that ever happened to you?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Definitely. Mm-hmm. Or
0: or I like yeah, I like build it yeah, that's exactly right actually. Build I build it up, it up in yes. my head. Yeah, I build it up in my head and then I go there. I, you know, I- to be honest, I've never scheduled a talk with a friend, but I, really? I have had friends schedule a talk with me. So I don't know what that oh. says
1: about me. I, don't know what that says. I mean, it shouldn't me, happen often, but, right? Um, like <laughs> I have,
0: I have had that experience of going in and be like, I'm about to get my ass reamed for something. <laughs> like, I don't know what this is going to be. <laughs> um, but it, and like, so I do like build up in my head. And then when I get there, it's usually just like one thing or whatever. And and because i try to practice these skills that i that i know um i do go in very open and just there to listen and hear what it is that they have to say and for the most part it's like a i just what I one of the most re- like recent conversations i've had with a friend is like they don't see me as often right? Because I am (laughs) almost seven months pregnant and I have an almost two-year-old and X, Y, and Z going on and on. And so I I can sit there and I can try to defend myself, right? And be like, no, I have all this stuff going on. And that's why I just say, I hear you. You're right. I don't see you as often and I hate it and I'm sorry. And this is just where I'm at right now. Doesn't mean I'm not thinking about you. Doesn't mean I don't love you or want to see you. This is kind of just where I am. And yeah. also recognizing that in relationships, friendships, significant others, whatever the case is, sometimes we have to kind of trade who's like putting in more of the effort, right? Because we all go through different like life stages and phases and difficult things, right? Like if someone loses mm-hmm. a loved one, maybe you would be the more supportive person in that yeah. moment or- cuz like, like steer the ship. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of think about it. Like, I know uh, you might not be able to see my hands, but like, it's like a seesaw <laughs> almost like mm-hmm. when one is up and the other is down, it's like the person who's up is going to kind of try to bear more of that weight for the other person to help them out. Cause they're not the one struggling in that moment. So, you know, I try to phrase things in that way too. Like right now I just kind of need to bear with me. Right. Like yeah. as I like navigate through this, it won't always be this way, but you know, that if you're down and out, I will be the first person in line for you, like that kind of stuff. But I think that relationships are a lot of, a lot ebb and flow or give and take
1: and reciprocity back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and and in that sense, it's not 50, 50, like you described sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes it's Mm -hmm. 80, 20, 70, 30. Right. Right. right.
0: But the hope is that it balances itself
1: out, right? Exactly. You don't
0: feel like you're always giving and giving and giving and not receiving anything back. You want it to be like a, they were there for me during this time i am there for them during this time we can come together and have fun together you know just more of like a balance in a relationship
1: yeah absolutely so let's get into those questions we got a few <laughs> and we're excited to answer them so one of the first ones was how do you communicate your needs without feeling ashamed or guilty and and this is one of those questions that i get a lot as a therapist um i don't know what it is but it's it's one of those topics or one of those things that maybe it's I work with mostly women um, but it's like these this like conditioned response to feeling guilty for expressing your needs yeah and and that that's that that's the shame right the Mm -hmm. shame is that you you know some of us don't feel deserving of that Mm. and that's really really hard so I think practicing that self-compassion, reminding yourself that it's okay to have needs and that it's okay to have to communicate them. Like we said before, not everybody's going to read your mind. Not everyone's going to know exactly what you need. So be kind and understanding to yourself um, and acknowledge that it takes courage to express your needs. And that, you know, come into it. I I always say, oh man, I don't want to butcher this, even though I just said I always say it. So now I'm kind of of (laughs) joking myself. But- um (laughs) <laughs> the thing I always say that I forget saying is something um, I always say and I always butcher. Yeah, yeah no <laughs> every time. Um, I, I always say don't and and I'll make a connection to this, I promise. but um don't give people ultimatums because when we do that, we put the control in their court because we say we come into something we're like, hey, you either do this or that, even though you want them to do this and not that, Mm -hmm. but if they say, Oh, I'll do that. Then you're like, Oh crap. That was the, on their control. So the same goes for this of like, if you're coming in and you're telling someone, um, like the example that you gave, like, Hey, I don't get to see you anymore. And, and you're like, but like, what do you think we should do about it? Then Mm. then Maggie has all the control. And Maggie's like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm, I have a a baby. I mean, i you have a baby. You have a two year old, and you also have a baby in your in your belly, and so mm-hmm. that, that's really hard. So I think also being intentional with what you need as well when you're coming into a conversation with somebody when you want to communicate your needs and not feeling guilty in the sense that of course that's so much easier said than done, mm. um, but making sure that you are aligned with your values, with your morals. So if you're coming in and you're screaming and cursing and that's not who you are, then you're not going to feel great about it. Mm-hmm, but if you're coming mm-hmm. in, like like Maggie, you said, with a listening ear and with compassion and with empathy and understanding, and that aligns with you, you might be surprised with how much non-shame and guilt mm-hmm. you feel afterwards because you were
0: you. Yeah. I love everything you're saying. And I also think You know, remembering that we're not mind readers. We don't know how a conversation is going to go, right? So trying not to assume that, you know, the other person is going to say or assume, you know, what they're thinking. And I also think, you know, with the shame and guilt, um, how do you communicate your needs without feeling ashamed or guilty would be um, to just do it. (laughs) <laughs> to communicate and sit with mm-hmm. it, right? Like, cause we can't stop you from the feelings of feeling, ashamed, especially at the beginning when you're just learning how to do all of this or trying to do, to do to communicate in this way. You might feel the shame and you might feel the guilt and allowing that to be, right? The emotions right. are there to just let you know this is hard for you. It doesn't mean that it's wrong, that right. the emotion of shame and guilt doesn't necessarily equal, like you shouldn't have done it right? Sometimes yep. the shame and guilt is misplaced, right? Or not, right. N- not necessarily, um, called for or warranted, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's when we talk about like feelings are not facts kind of thing, because uh, it's not shameful that you spoke about what you, you needed and yeah. there guilt is not required when you ask for something that you want directly. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it's also the, uh, sitting with the discomfort of those feelings and still communicating and then processing yeah. that with your therapist
1: for sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was sitting, uh, with it <laughs> sitting with it is hard
0: Sitting it was really 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 hard because it's I mean this is like a, a whole other topic but like it's the the unconditioning the deconditioning of mm-hmm. well, I mean your probably your family dynamics what you've learned in society you know uh, growing up or, or what you've been told about how you're supposed to communicate or when you're supposed to communicate you know, what was modeled to you I mean you could go so far into why there's shame and guilt um talk yeah. about religious-based trauma I mean there's like you could go into so many avenues of this um so
1: yeah I mean it's it's hard yeah you can, 100% you can it. yep the power of silence and therapy and how it may be underutilized. We love this. I wonder um, if this is a therapist that wrote this in, because Mm -hmm. I think that this is one of the hardest things for, I mean, I'm kind of talking for everyone here. You let me know if not, but silence is one of the hardest things for therapists (laughs) because we want to fill the space so badly because we want to help. We want it to be useful and there's all these expectations that we set for ourselves as therapists. And so sometimes actually silence, so I said in one episode, is something. Do you remember
0: that? <laughs> uh, if you haven't listened to all of our episodes, there was one did we keep it in? I think we probably did keep it in. But I, I think Lior was trying to say something really profound about silence. And the her her sentence was silence is something. And then I just I sat there, and we actually had a moment of silence because I was like, "Is there more to that thought
1: or to that sentence?" Um, <laughs> you were you were grieving my presence on the past on the podcast at that <laughs> point. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, silent." So I mean, it is, it is something. It's not it nothing. Is, <laughs> it's something. It sure but, is something. <laughs> I think what I was trying to say is it's still. It has a purpose, right? Yes. Silence yes. has a purpose. It mm-hmm. has a place and it, it, so it exactly is very does. effective. Yes. It's very mm-hmm. effective and it allows, cause sometimes when there's too much noise, we don't think, right? Mm. And so having that silence actually process, even in session, even if it's 30 minutes of the session, there is just silence, right? It might feel uncomfortable, but that's okay. And mm-hmm. even with friendships too. I mean, that, that's another thing. I remember one of my bestest friends now, I met her in grad school. Did and- you say bestest? Best BFF, yay, yay, <laughs> yay. That's so cute. One of my bestest friends. <laughs> One of my besties. Um, That's cute. What- <laughs> One of my, yeah. So she, her and I, I think it was like the first year that we met. And it was like later on. And we were just walking to the subway together. And we didn't say a word to each other. We literally did not speak. And in that moment, we both looked at each other. And we're like, "Do we just become best friends? Mm-hmm. Because... That silence, right? Like also shows comfort. Right? Absolutely. Safety. And safety where I don't need to fill this space. I I can just be next to someone and that can mm-hmm. be good enough. Yeah. So that also not saying anything is saying is something. <laughs> yeah. Can be quite healing for
0: a lot of people. And it allows for processing in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, you know, I think that even just even when I think about like the different ways that we do process, right? Like even like for some of us, verbal communication, it doesn't land the same as maybe written communication mm-hmm. and sitting in your thoughts and allowing your thoughts. Cause when you, you can't possibly write as quickly as you think, right. right? So like it forces like that silence of writing kind of forces you to slow your thoughts down to maybe articulate something or express something in a different way. And then when you read it back, you're like, wow, this is so clear and concise. I could have never just like said this you know, yeah. out loud. Um, so there's different utilizations of silence too. You can, you can be just sitting in each other's presence. You can be writing. You can be meditating. You could be reading. Right. I think that
1: there's a lot of ways to utilize silence in therapy. Yeah, and and you mentioned um, non-verbal communication, and I don't know if we have a question on this in the in the future questions, but mm-hmm. um, non-verbal communication is also commu- really really important communication. Oh, whether sure. That's like facial expressions or hand movements or mm-hmm. you know whatever it is that we're doing I know for me like I I am uh I have a diagnosis of RBF. Do you know what RBF is? Resting bitch face. Yeah. No, oh, I'm so, so sorry. I what I, I would diagnos- have say. Yeah, it was, I was young. I was pretty young. Um <laughs> and so my <laughs> my biggest issue <laughs> with my RBF syndrome is that I can't help it. And my if I'm having conversations, sometimes I look like I eat, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I don't, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that might come across, right? In some way where it's like, I don't mean it that way, but it's coming off like that. And so having communication, the verbal communication around the nonverbal communication is right. also going to be very important to clarify, right? Because the yeah. assumptions come in.
0: Or even just recognizing the body language and asking about it. Hey, I noticed yeah. that your arms are crossed. Uh, are you, I mean, cause it could be, they could be like, oh, I'm just cold, right? Like it could, it could be literally nothing. It could be literally nothing, but it's worth asking because you never know. It could be them being closed off or feeling defensive or feeling attacked or whatever the case is. And also remembering, you know, again, going back to just like everybody's nonverbals are different. Um, and what one person might do might not be what another person does. And just to be open and keeping your mind open to, to recognize that, um, again, like one person's arm crossed doesn't equal the same thing as another person's arms crossed. And the same thing with, with eye contact for some people, that's real, it is really hard and it doesn't necessarily mean they're not listening or that, you know, they're not engaged. It could just be, um, a difficult thing for them to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the third question that we have is what's a fair response time for friends and family if you call or text? This is tough. This is, I think, Megan and I are very different in how <laughs> our response time. Um, but I think that it, it it's also just different, right? Everybody has stuff going on and it depends the reason for why you're not receiving a response, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Is the person ignoring you? That's not very nice. Is the person right. busy? Maybe that's understandable. Are they, you know, are they ghost? Like whatever it is, I think that there's different, it's hard to kind of give a one one. Size yeah, because
0: everybody, you have a, like we were saying at the beginning of this session, you have a different relationship with every single person in your life,
1: right? right. So
0: like, for instance, if my mom calls, I might be more inclined to answer than I don't know. If a, a, a number I don't know calls, oh, oh my right? gosh, I love like, I mean, I it's never totally answer those. right because, <laughs> like, I think you know, uh, it's just we all have different relationships with everyone in our life. So, uh, so, like for instance, you and you and I, or I think mm-hmm. we have just a general understanding of we know that we're going to get back to each other. Like, there might be some moments where we're going back and forth texting for an hour, like boom, right. boom, 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 and then there mm-hmm. might be one where it's like you text me and tomorrow. I'll respond. Right. Right. And I think that also when you have that comfort in your relationship, like that's okay to do. You there's an understanding there that we know it's not from neither of us coming from a malicious place. Um of course. I don't think that there is a blanket rule of um everyone should be responded to within 48 hours, right? Like I don't think that there's like a blanket rule. I think it's a set like based on um your relationship and what you feel exactly. is appropriate. And also recognizing that if you want to take a beat before you respond, you're allowed to do that. You know, you yeah, don't have it, to always
1: be accessible and readily available to talk all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And if it, and also to like we said before, to validate feelings, and if it does hurt your feelings, that's that's also very valid, right? Maybe that comes from a certain place. Maybe that's something to explore as well. I'm sure if we're asking a question like this, it means that maybe we've been questioning it right and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's hurt us and so i think understanding also where that comes from is going to be really important
0: yeah yeah i know that um i you know if i've had friends in the past who've gone through really hard Transitions are really hard experiences. And mm-hmm. if I text like four or five times, maybe throughout the week, and I don't hear from them, I might send a can you just check in and let me know that you're okay? I just want to make sure that you're yeah. all right or whatever the case may be, not coming from a you know, what the hell, man, like you haven't spoken to me and X, Y, and Z. Um, you can, you know, make a phone call, whatever the case is. So I think, you know, it really just kind of depends on what someone is going through, what the experience is. If you haven't heard mm-hmm. from them, there's fear for their safety or. Whatever the case is. Um, and then also just remembering that people do m- mostly everyone has a busy life, right? And mostly everyone is probably stressed or burnt about something, burnt out about something. Um yeah. so trying to give each other and ourselves, you know, the
1: benefit of the doubt
0: with that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Number four, hard things to talk about. How to talk about hard things like sex. <laughs> that's, what one, that's what this one says. Yeah. <laughs> that is hard it depends too with Uh, who yeah right oh my god a friend a parent i mean i i interpret this too as just like the maybe like things that you like in during Mm. sex or with sex or things you don't like like Mm -hmm. you know and i think that hell yeah that's hard to talk about it's very vulnerable talk about also not normalized right like i mean i don't know if you watched porn ever in your life which unfortunately a lot of people well maybe not unfortunately (laughs) <laughs> Some of it's fine, but uh, but if you ever watch porn in your life, you see that there's really not too much dialogue like during the act. It's just like a lot of like moaning. Did you ever? I forget what the statistic was, but I read this thing that said like I think it's like middle school boys or and gr- middle school boys like mostly what they learn about sex is through pornography. Oh yeah. So I like that. I I think that like. It's like, even just what we see of sex in movies and TV and how it's portrayed in the media, there's not like dialogue. There's not like, I like this. Don't do that. Touch me here. Don't touch me there. Like that kind of stuff. So Mm. we're not told that it's okay to have conversations during sex. We're told to just like, I don't know, especially as women, like you just moan, act like you're having a good time. Yeah. Tell him he's doing a great job or her, she's doing a great job, whatever. Like there's not a lot of dialogue. So yeah, sex is hard to talk about because it's not normalized to have conversations around sex or during sex.
1: Yeah, That's what I was we're, saying.
0: We're, yeah. <laughs> like, where do you think I was go- going with this? Let's yeah, talk about no, porn. No, no. I mean, we could Ooh. talk about porn.
1: Yeah, um, I have no problem talking about porn. Um, this is actually a big topic that I talk about with couples. I always say, you know, do you watch porn? Are you okay with your partner watching porn? It's mm-hmm. a big question. Um, and then if, if yes, do you know what kind of porn they're into? Yeah. yeah some people have fantasies. And some people want to act out on those fantasies and some not, but you're right. Like having, having the dialogue around that is, is so much more normalized with intimate relationships or even like even hookups, right? Like, Mm -hmm. especially honestly, especially if it's a hookup, if it's like a one-time thing or a few-time thing, like you want it to be good. Like you don't want it to be. Mm -hmm. Average. (laughs) I mean, I don't think you're ever going into a sex experience saying like, you know what? I really just hope this is average or below. (laughs) This is (laughs) really hope this is average or below. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I think there's more. Um, there's more patience within relationships, right? And I think like getting to know each other on a different level. But no, absolutely. I I think that just talking about just bringing it up, you'd be surprised how open. If you're if you're about to do the act or you're intimate with someone that means they're they're, i mean they're willing to do it they need to be open to talking about
0: Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. yeah and i think when you want to talk about hard things no matter what it is like if it's something that's hard for you leor he's laughing because i said hard things and her mind is well i was
1: gonna say literally
0: If you want to talk about
1: difficult
0: topics or difficult <laughs> yeah. things with someone, so we can, you know, take Liora's ten <laughs> year old boy brain. <laughs> I also learned in middle school. <laughs> To look that up. I i don't remember what exactly the stat was or the article was, but I do remember like yeah. young boys yeah. learn a lot of what they know of sex through porn. Um, yeah. and that's like a problem. I mean, I, this is a conversation, whatever. Yeah, yeah, so, anyway,
1: yeah. anyway, <laughs> um, want to talk hard about, things you you talk out about out hard things that pop up nowhere
0: <laughs> like really erect things. <laughs> <laughs> Uh again, um, listeners, we are recording this way later in the evening.
1: We're normalizing it than we've <laughs> ever done. So
0: our g- giggly giggles are here. Um, giggly squat. Okay. So if you want to talk about difficult things with someone, I think even introducing it as that, like, hey, I want to talk to you about something, but it's hard for me to talk about. Yes. So like take what I'm saying with a grain of salt and just try to be patient as I try to articulate this. Right, it's okay to call yourself out, right, and be like, I'm not super comfy talking about this, but I really yeah. do want to talk about it. Yes, I, think that I that love that. It kind of lessens the to blow, too. Come on. Oh, Jesus. Come on. Maybe I'm, I'm having pe- a lot of Fourier pho- and uh, slips here.
1: <laughs> I am yeah, growing I think- a penis, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there it is. Maybe, maybe that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. I just think you've got two. I don't even know why I said that. This <laughs> I <don't know>. <laughs> so right, is my own. All right, next question, number five. All right. We're 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 over it. How, How to talk to talk- someone that refuses to listen. <laughs> How to talk to someone that refuses to listen. We're falling apart Us right now with each other. <laughs> Just talking over each other. Your, it's my turn. I know. No, literally. <laughs> um. Okay. People are going to refuse to listen because people come in with their own life experience and their own defenses and their own, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And some people don't like to be put on the hot seat some people don't Mm. like to be told that they did something wrong or or even right i mean and and that it's so tough because that says more about them than it does about you Mm. right they're not ready to listen to that that doesn't mean that what you're saying isn't worth saying
0: yeah definitely i mean if you're going in ready to communicate and have a conversation and someone does not want to hear it um I mean, obviously we have to understand and respect each other's boundaries and maybe they could say something like we could talk later. Okay. That's fine. However, if you find that that's a pattern for someone in your life that they oftentimes don't Mm -hmm. want to listen to what you're saying, that, that is on them. That's not, that's not a, you should talk less. That's a, they have to learn to listen. Right. Um, and I think that if you find that that happens often, how to talk to someone that refuses to listen often, um, you just might not be able to, because you can't do that work for someone else
1: that's exactly. their own shit right exactly absolutely unfortunately so i know and and that's and i think that that's the hard part is that we can't change anybody else all we can do is focus on our responses reactions yeah. and you know the way that we feel that's the only control that we have and so yeah recognizing- yeah if someone refuses to listen to you they might just not be a healthy relationship for you right yeah. Absolutely. And if it's like a parent, for example, mm, that's really, that's really point. hard. Mm. Yeah. that That's really hard because some of us don't have parents that are emotionally um, mm-hmm. capable or intelligent to have these types of conversations, or they grew up in a, in a time where kids can't be right. And the mm-hmm. parents are always right. It, so it's, it, it's just, it's so it's complex. Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, number six, how to change past communication pattern and be more honest and open. Um, therapy. yeah Yeah. i think that work is way too hard um Mm -hmm. i mean again you could yeah you could find this stuff on the internet it's great like dbt skills they're really easily accessible online cbt any kind of skills that you want to learn you can i mean beauty of social media also beauty of the internet they're easily accessible however applying them is hard understanding the background that kind of like Uh, Like I was talking about earlier, like that biology, your sociology, your environment, your history, like that stuff is really hard to unpack by yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not your fault. I think it's hard for all of us to do that within ourselves. So like having a trained professional there to kind of help you through that, I think to really change communication patterns and really learning to be more open and honest, I think you first have to understand why and how you communicate um, Mm -hmm. and how it's hard for you to be honest and open uh, and that's some pretty deep work.
1: Yeah, yep. And I agree with you. Therapy is a great place for that. Number 7, how to communicate with someone you don't like or respect. So that's like the opposite of someone refusing to listen, right? Mm-hmm. Now, now we're talking to someone that we don't really like or respect, and whether that's like uh, a boss or mm-hmm. a professor or a teacher or a friend. That that's really hard because we want to maintain peace in some way, I'm sure. I mean, if you have to talk to someone, then I'm sure there's some sort of connection there. Um, and if not, I mean, that's a whole different story. But um, yeah, I think it's stuff. It's I mean, I, I, what I'm thinking, and Maggie, you tell me what you think, but it's sort of, you know, we don't have to be necessarily like mean or rude, but more boundaried
0: Mm, mm -hmm, of like mm -hmm. our
1: time and our space and what we're willing to do. Again, saying no is not mean or rude. It's just setting a boundary, but saying F you, I don't want to talk to you. That's not very nice. Right. Right. And the truth of the matter
0: is, is like, you're going to have to talk to people in your life that you don't necessarily like, because you're not going to like everyone that you meet and you're going to meet a lot of people. And, uh, you know, same thing with that you don't, people that you don't necessarily respect or you don't agree with their morals or values or whatever the case is. Um, And just because that is so doesn't mean that you have to communicate in an aggressive way, right? Right. Just recognizing, you know, mm -hmm, yeah, just recognizing that you don't have to like them, you don't necessarily have to respect them. However, your communication remains basically the same as it would with other people, just recognizing that you would have perhaps maybe utilize, like you were saying, you are more boundaries, more direct communication. Um, but
1: more boundaries and more direct communica- communication doesn't make you an asshole, right? No, exactly. And, and I think – oh No, go ahead. Go ahead. I think like managing expectations as well is going to be really important and then like, grounding yourself before talking to mm, this mm-hmm. person, because I know like, like, I mean, like we do with anyone, we sort of formulate a whole future scenario of what that conversation might look like and it might be fine, but we go when we go into it aggressively or intensely, then it will be aggressive and it will be intense. And so mm-hmm. I think like grounding yourself doing some deep breathing before talking to this person might be really helpful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of leads into the next question, which is how to keep your cool when someone is trying to argue. Ah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think kind of like what you said, Lior is like a lot of grounding, a lot of breath work, um, also recognizing timeouts. (laughs) They're not just for three-year-olds, you know, um, There are also for us as adults, like to recognize that, like, you know, and not as punishment, but recognizing sometimes we need space, we need to like literally just take like take five. Um, And it's okay to communicate that like, hey, I find myself getting really heated, or I'm recognizing you're getting really heated. I think it would be beneficial for both of us to just take a few minutes apart, because neither one of us are going to get our needs met in this state, you know, in the way in which we're speaking.
1: And and something that I always say to couples, if it, like you said, I agree with you, if you need to take five, take five, if you need a break, you need a break. Um, the person that leaves. So the person that initiates the break is the person that needs to come back mm, and restart mm-hmm, the conversation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that I mean, that that goes to like abandonment and things like that. But yeah, um, if you need a break, that's absolutely appropriate and acceptable and even in friendships. But then you need to you're you're the one that started the break. And so you set a boundary and you want someone else to respect that boundary. And so you need to be the one that comes back and says, Hey, you know, I'm ready to talk now. Are you? Yes.
0: And also with what you just said, like, um, how the, this kind of leads into like, you know, I don't even know attachment styles, uh, abandonment history of trauma. This is why communication sounds simple because we all communicate with each other every day. This mm-hmm. is why it is so hard because there's mm-hmm. so much in it, so much in communication, mm-hmm. um, that we carry with us when we are talking and communicating with other people, which is why mm-hmm. I I keep bringing up like going to therapy if it's accessible to you because you would be surprised how you um, – got to where you are in regards to how you communicate, why you communicate the way that you do, um, why you feel shame or guilt when asking for what you need or whatever the case, Um, why you maybe like certain, I don't even, uh, trauma responses, fight, flight, freeze might happen for you when you're in a conversation Mm -hmm. that is heated or an argument or whatever the case. I mean, this is why we say like, you know, communication skills, one-on-one, however, Pretty deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty
1: deep. Like, yeah, exactly. And then the last question is how to be patient and listen carefully. And that to, to do a whole 360, that's when I said we listen to understand and not to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the best listener speaker technique is to hear someone say something and to say back what you heard. And so mm. um, Maggie and I can practice it right here, right now. So mm-hmm. Maggie, tell me one sentence about a way that you feel. Um, I am so tired because I'm pregnant and,
0: okay. <laughs> and still Perfect. need to function.
1: <laughs> Perfect. I love that. And so there there could be a scenario. I'm so where glad if... that you love that. I'm so glad yeah. you love that. I'm exhausted. <laughs> no. I love your tiredness. Um but, no, I love that you gave such a great example. Um mm-hmm. because this is easy to work with because I'm sure many people can relate to this. So I could if I didn't take a moment and and reflect on what Maggie said, I could say, "Well, she's too tired to hang out with me. She's too she does she'd rather sleep than be with me." And so mm-hmm. if I said back, "It sounds like you're too tired to spend time with me." You could say, "Oh my gosh, no. What I meant was I I want to hang out with you so badly, but I can barely take care of myself right now. Mm-hmm. And so that, having that dialogue of understanding exactly what the other person said is going to be very, very important.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think we do a lot of inferring, right? Like because yeah. someone says they're tired, we take that as, oh, that means that they don't want to hang out with me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that this is where all that kind of um, uh, follow-up dialogue it matters like communicating that thought of you know i hear that you're exhausted mag um i'm interpreting that as like you don't want to hang out with me is that true like is that true yeah. like checking in with your person that the person that you're communicating with to make sure that you understand what they're saying because you could be told you could be, i could be like no no i really i want to hang out we are going to hang out i'm just letting you know i'm exhausted right like exactly I mean, it could even just be like we're totally not even matching pitch with what we're saying um so, yeah, I think it is really important to, you know, follow up, make sure you understand that I do that a shit ton in therapy, <laughs> like in sessions mm-hmm. with clients constantly saying, so what I heard was this, is that accurate? Is that right? Is that what you're saying? Like to make sure that we are on the same page, right? So yeah. that I am interpreting what you're saying accurately and not making my own assumptions in my head um,
1: or inferring anything that's not in line with what you're actually trying to communicate. Exactly. Exactly. And and the patience will come with time, right? When we utilize these skills and we we learn to take our time with these with important conversations or difficult conversations, the patience will come because we'll learn that it, it it's called, it's like conditioning, right? Mm-hmm. Pavlov. When he hears the the dog hears the bell, he salivates. When we have a hard conversation, we know that we need to be patient. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of mm-hmm. comes with practice.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I think that that's it. Um, so we did, we got to like, I think as more of the questions that I think were more common that were in our question boxes, mm-hmm. there were obviously a handful that we didn't get to get to, um, or that were just like really, really specific that I think we thought was just a little bit hard to answer on a, like a podcast platform. Um, but we yeah. did our best with an- answering the ones that we think were maybe just most um, perhaps relatable for all, for all of us. Um yeah. So yeah, and then also just reiterating all the DBT stuff that we read, we literally got it right from DBT tools website, um, easy to access if you want access, if you want to look that up and, you know, look at those skills and utilize those skills, print them out, hang them on your,
1: <laughs> hang them on your wall. Read them every day before you go to sleep. Read them every day. <laughs> no, but we, we love this. This was such a good conversation. We can't wait for next session, and we'll see you guys soon. Yeah, we love you. Bye. If you'd like to be a part of our community, ask us questions, be involved, laugh your tuchis off, and enjoy some hand-drawn art. Don't hesitate to follow us on our socials, both Instagram and TikTok, at Therapy Gal for me, Lior, and at Therapy with Maggie LPC for me, Maggie, and our shared
0: Instagram at Therapists of Office. Write a review, follow, subscribe, check us out on YouTube if you want to watch. Listen to our podcast on most major platforms. We cannot extend our gratitude enough. Thank you all for being here and for being a part of this. We love you.